0: Welcome to Word on the Cloud, where we talk about what was, what is, and what could be. My name's Aiko, I'm your host. Always and forever, welcome to the cloud. Hey guys. I feel like I can never shut up, but once it's time to record, my voice just leaves my body. It's like that SpongeBob meme where he's like, I'm heading out. Exactly what happens, but happy 2022. (laughs) Or a weekish in, hope it's been good to ya. I was able to welcome in the first day of the new year by seeing Spider-Man with two of my favorite people. I only cried like three times, you know, so I definitely recommend seeing it. Amazing movie. Um, Other than that, it's been moving along, nothing too podcast worthy to mention, unless you wanna hear about me playing New Horizons. Ooh, I actually started playing Skyrim. And of course, one of the first things I do is steal a horse, because if I can't ride a horse in a video game, what's the point? Kidding. But very pretty game. Uh, Let me know how your week's going, how your New Year's went. I'd love to hear about it. Now, this podcast is going to be targeting, I mean, for (laughs) my people, in a long-term relationship. And I don't necessarily mean that there's a certain time frame that you've been dating, although Google says different but that you're with someone that you can see being with for a long time, maybe even the rest of your life, right? You're not gonna be going out on a first date when you're 80, having a talking stage. Unless you are, then, you know, that's cool. Don't let me stop you. But chances are you're with someone or wanting to find someone that you can be with till you're 80, maybe beyond, you know? You never know. And just because you can stay with someone that long doesn't mean everything's gonna be a fairy tale there's gonna be hardships, there's gonna be arguments, there's gonna be a butting of heads because it's two people working to coexist and merge their lives together in a way. And what works for you may not work for your partner and vice versa and that can be frustrating, but you're willing to work with it. My boyfriend and I have been together four years and some change. We've known each other nearly seven at this point point. and from the outside looking in, I would assume by the responses I get to my relationship and it's a match made in heaven, you know? But it wasn't always like that, and there are days where I'm still learning about him. And it's important to note, you're gonna continue learning about your partner through life's different situations and trials as they come up because you can't know how they'll respond to everything, right? And he's learning, he's growing, he's changing nearly every day, as am I. I feel like sometimes we can want our relationship to be perfect, not Instagram picture perfect, but in the sense that we just get along and love each other and it's all great, but I'm here to say it's all right if it's not. Clearly, there are things that you shouldn't accept, like cheating, lying, abuse of any kind, physical, mental, verbal, whatever. I wanted to provide a few little tips, little reminders to help you be in it for the long run. So tip number one, Understand that just like you, your partner is trying to navigate life as best as they can with what they've been given, as much as you are. There's a point where I did put my boyfriend on this pedestal, and a pedestal in a relationship term is basically putting this person almost above you in a way, because there's a certain level of admiration. But this can be harmful, because then when they do something that doesn't align exactly with what you think of them, then you're going to feel some type of way. I came across an article that had a study with 99 couples between the ages of 17 to 36 who averaged a relationship length of about 19-ish months and where one partner idealizes the other that often involves some form of dependence or power and this isn't to say that thinking highly of your partner is a bad thing and you shouldn't but be aware of when you may be holding them too close to the stars It was found that people early on in dating were more intimate with a partner that idealized them, while married couples were more intimate with someone who viewed them realistically. And that's all I'm saying, really, with all of this, is to view your partner realistically. See that they're going to make mistakes and have experiences that we may not understand, ideas, thoughts. But if they're doing their best to deal with the cards that have been dealt and are treating you with respect, kindness, and love, then do your best to try to coexist with them and do the same. And this goes for the other side too. I'm not saying this for only one partner to do it and he'll balance out. It's going to take both of you, and it maybe can enhance each other's lives once you're open to understanding. My second tip, I've said this before in another podcast, I'm sure, but knowing that compromise is not a demise is another important thing to note. Again, we're coexisting with someone, and it's not in the same way that you coexist with others, because this is someone you see quite frequently, especially if you live together. But know that if you compromise, it doesn't mean that you quote, lost, or that you're giving any sort of your power or yourself away. It means that you're big enough and strong enough to transform your ideals. Compromising isn't about one person getting what they want and you just roll over. It's about creating an environment where both people, although they may not have everything they want in it, they're comfortable, content, and safe with what's happening. It's a meeting of the mind and hearts. Tip number three, I'll be honest, I don't know how to smoothly transition these tips sometimes. it's Kind of like, that's what I have to say about that. Next thing, you know, most of the time. But tip number three, don't go to bed angry. I came across an article that said that this was bad advice. And up there with, if your partner's jealous, that means they love you. Now, I don't agree with the comparisons that this article gave, because in the first paragraph, they said they basically understood why people say it don't go to bed angry. And it's so we're not sitting in our anger and then spinning into a case of overthinking. And the reason why it was fine to go to bed angry was because they knew they'd both still be there in the morning. And lack of insecurity is key. Let's take that in for a sec. Firstly, I thought assuming that the person will still be there was kind of arrogant, at least in this context, because they added lack of insecurity is key. But it's not about lack of insecurity. It's about confidence that you'd be able to work it out, and you're both capable of making a solution a reality. For me, it's also just putting off the difficult part. Because like mentioned earlier, the wheels in our mind might start turning. We're sitting in our anger. I don't like going to bed like that. I want to go to bed peacefully. You know, that's supposed to be a nice place. Talk it out before then if you're able. How do you feel? How do they feel? What can we do about it? If it all can't be solved in a night, at least don't let them, as well as yourself, struggle to fall asleep thinking there's possibly more anger to be met with the next day. You know or something worse happens because we get on our emotions say something like i understand we're both upset right now i'd like to work this out because i care about you i love you and i don't enjoy moments like this and then go off from there but be honest you know this is someone you do love you do care about i'm more sure and positive than anything you don't want to be upset at each other with that being said the next tip wraps into this And that is, don't be afraid to be confrontational. Now, confrontation does not mean we come out swinging, whether that's with our hands or words. I think confrontation has turned into something aggressive sounding. And even in the definition by Oxford, it sounds like a rough time. Confrontation is defined as a hostile or argumentative meeting or situation between opposing parties. So we got in there, hostile, argumentative, and opposing. Now, I prefer the definition, more from a psychological view, and it's the act of directly facing or being encouraged or required to face something that may be difficult. So when I say this, I mean don't be afraid to face the difficult things, because if you don't, you'll never know how to deal with those types of things, and it's about coming up with a solution that works for both parties. If only one person is benefiting in the situation, That's creating an imbalance, you know. And confrontation doesn't need to be aggressive. If there is something that needs to be addressed, you should try to set aside time to talk about it. Where both parties can be in a distraction-free mindset and environment. Simply ask, would we be able to talk about this? And go from there. Don't force the conversation, but also don't avoid it. Number five, don't keep score. Keeping score makes for one entitled person. One entitled person makes for a bad time, and a bad time is a bad time for everybody. So when we keep score, we're basically putting a magnifying glass or a microscope, depending on the severity, on whatever the other person is or isn't doing. Instead, we should be working together. For example, my boyfriend cooks for the night. I offer to and clean up the dishes I got the groceries last time, this time he does. You know, it's about helping each other be in the best place we can be. There's two of us. And if we're gonna be doing this thing, then one person or the other can't be carrying the weight of the relationship. That's gonna make for some resentment towards someone and or dependency from the other side. So just do your best to help each other out and look out for one another and get what you need to and can done, yeah? Number six, give each other space. This is one that I personally can struggle with because I'm very needy. I'm partially kidding in a way. I know that that's not ideal, but content gives that reassurance that your partner doesn't hate you. And they don't. You know, it's really about being able to recognize that people like their solitude. And it's not to say that they feel bothered by you, but there are times where they may just need some time to unwind, watch their own shows, hang out with their friends, And that'll make the times that they come back to you mean more. I feel like I could have just made this tip, listen to NASA by Ariana Grande and you'll get what I'm meaning, but know if there is that constant contact that your partner will more than likely stress a little because then there's that having to be concerned with how you're feeling, what you would like to do, what they would prefer to be doing, and chances are they'll be too polite to say it, but it'll build tension if you're constantly in their space. So give them space, and soon you'll find them coming to you. And last, but definitely none of these were the least, number seven, love yourself first and more. Yes, more, but also first. So this is a little of a two-parter. You gotta love yourself. You can try to love someone without loving yourself truly and fully, but that's not gonna work out the way you want it to, or I think it will, because if you're still plagued by insecurities, by feeling inadequate, that's gonna come through and it'll come through in nasty ways. Paranoia, insecurity, jealousy. You won't know how to properly love someone if these types of things are present and you'll be struggling as well. So you gotta know you're enough, that you are deserving of love and oh so capable of being full of it. Of love, that is. (laughs) And when I say that you should love yourself more, not in a selfish way, but in the way that you won't just do things because you love someone. You'll consider yourself, because people can do silly things in the name of love, and it not be beneficial for them. To so love yourself, be sweet and good to yourself, and you'll understand what love feels like that way, and then you can begin to understand how to love someone else. I almost feel like there's only so many tips I can give, and maybe I'll think of some more general ones down the line. overall, I know we want to love and be loved, but we also need to recognize that both of those things take work. You can't just be loved and not give it back, and you can't just send love out and think that will be enough. I'm wishing you all the best. Hopefully the tips within this podcast can help somewhere in your life, but you already know. Do with this information what you will. I do want to thank you for sharing your time and energy with me.